0: Hello and welcome to Held in Our Hearts Baby Loss Podcast. We are an Edinburgh-based charity providing baby loss counselling and support for bereaved families. We are committed to ensuring that no family has to face their journey of loss alone and we wanted to create this podcast to reach out and share stories, encouraging greater connection and understanding. Join us on our journey as we speak to a wide variety of guest speakers who have been personally affected by baby loss or who have been moved by it. Hello and welcome to our 8th podcast. My name is Nicola and today I had the great pleasure of talking with Jamie Cameron. Jamie's little girl Lyle died in 2019 and just 22 days old. Lyle is a twin and also has a big sister Cameron who was five at the time. The effect on them all has been huge but Jamie has always been aware that she needs to support her daughter's grief as well as her own. Jamie and family and friends have set up a fund called Lyle's Light and its main aim is to provide support to families who have siblings. Today we talk about the books that families can be gifted to help explain grief and loss. We also talk about the complexities of supporting siblings on the journey after a precious and much-loved baby dies. As always, if you or anyone you know has been affected by baby loss, please reach out to us at www.heldinourhearts.org.uk or email us at info at heldinourhearts.org.uk. So let me introduce you now to Jamie. Welcome to our podcast this morning. I am absolutely delighted to have Jamie Cameron with us. Um, Jamie has done a huge amount of work with the charity since the loss of her own daughter and um, in particular focusing on siblings. So we've always known as a charity that um, some families um, sadly lose a baby and have other children um and indeed then maybe go on to have other children not always but um siblings play a role in that grief and and Jamie is particularly interested in supporting those families so um thank you so much for coming on today Jamie thanks for having me Nicola I'm delighted to be here how are you this morning
1: yeah I'm great it's lovely and sunny here today so I'm quite happy (laughs) How are you? I know,
0: sun's out. It's great. Yeah, it's always going to like give us a wee boost for the day. Um, Absolutely. So to kick start, I suppose it would be really nice if you were able to tell us a little bit about, about your story and what's brought us to speaking to you today. Sure. Um, I guess
1: it's like where to start, really. Um, so um, now I'm, I'm a mum of four. Um, I never actually thought I'd ever, ever see that. <laughs> Sounds like such a handful. Yeah, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of small people. Um, so I have um, a, an older daughter, Cameron, who's seven, um, and she's in primary three. Um, and then I had twins, uh, twin girls in August 2019. And um, I had a little boy. And... Um, about six months ago so he's six months now um but the reason i guess i'm here today is. is yeah <laughs> um, yeah definitely um the reason i'm here today i guess is to talk about um one of my twin daughters lyle um or the reason why i'm here i guess um because um devastatingly lyle died um, when she was 22 days old um, from sudden an unexpected infant death. Um so yeah, that's why that's why I'm here today. Um unfor-
0: unfortunately I guess. <laughs> um yeah, <laughs> I wish it wasn't like all our, here all we are. Our, <clears throat> it's like all our guests, isn't it? There's a a reason that we're united and connected. Mm-hmm. It's it is through our loss. And I, I have to say um you know I felt really privileged that you've let me journey with you during that time and we spoke so quickly after that time didn't we it was just it felt like days after
1: it was days um so lyle died um in the middle of the night about 1 p.m. 1 a.m. sorry um from thursday into the friday um on the 30th of august and i think you and i spoke on on the sunday so it was literally just 48 hours after yeah. she died um and i think i know that's quite unusual from speaking to you previously i think it's quite unusual for parents to reach out so quickly um and I guess mm. my motivation for doing that was really um, interestingly about my daughter, Cameron. Um, mm. So Lyle was only 22 days old. So, so and so was Alba, um, obviously, because they're twins. Um, so Alba was quite oblivious to what had happened in, in mm. any sort of obvious sense. I mean, I'm sure that she was picking up the vibes, um, but Cameron um, was only five when Lyle died um, and I was wanting to sort of reach out to somebody who who would know what they're talking about really because I was just so scared um of of saying or doing something wrong for Cameron
0: Mm. and actually what is so different sometimes about speaking to everybody's stories is is the complexities around that so you had a baby of course when there's a twin that dies you still have a baby to look after but Mm. also another child who's sort of aware of your grief and is old enough to comprehend what's happened where some families we speak mm-hmm. to there might have been a very early loss um mm-hmm. or, or like and so there, there maybe it's not even been a bump for the for the other child to be part of or mm-hmm. of course maybe the sibling is very young themselves and so it, you had a daughter who yeah could could understand that um you know the, the baby had died and it was going to affect her life which I guess yes. is is part of what we're going to talk about today. And Lyle was home as
1: well. So Lyle, you know, yeah, sorry. So Lyle was at home when she died. So, you know, there was no obvious sign that anything was wrong. Um, So we all went to bed as normal on the Thursday night. Cameron got tucked in, got her story. There was no expectation that things were going to change in the middle of the night. Um, So, not only, I guess, for us, did Cameron lose her sister. But she went through quite a traumatic journey that night and then the preceding sort of 24, 48 hours um, because Lyle died at home. And so there was that added complexity that the, Lyle was at home. She was with us. She was living and breathing and sort of doing as all babies do. And then Cameron got woken up at five in the morning and Lyle was dead. So there was that mm. sheer kind of boom, life is different for her when it was completely normal and inverted commas before
0: wow yeah I really like I really hear that like for I mean for all of you like I I, we've spoken about this before that trauma and shock but it's also a a really little person who is in the middle of that too eh? Mm -hmm. and she just started thinking about that we yeah how can somebody yeah. so little and comprehend it? No adult can comprehend that, can they? But a, a, a wee person in the middle of that, what a shock. And, and looking to you, I would imagine, to mm-hmm. guide. Because that's what children do, don't they? They, they, they look to their families to, to show them how to model what to do.
1: Well, well, that's it. I guess you're, I was that, and I I was very conscious of that, that I had to role model the way out of this, I guess, or I don't i don't know if even that's the right term, but I guess it was role model, how we as a family um, process and, and deal with this. Um, and as I say, Cameron had just started primary one and she was literally in week two. And our um, sister, Alba, had been quite poorly um, sort of day 10 after she was born and was in special care. So literally Cameron's first day of school was the day that Alba was admitted to special care. And... Um, so that wasn't like a normal few weeks beforehand and starting to feel such a huge big thing for a child um well, and I wanted to support her as best I could in in that journey that she was about to undertake which is a huge um and then also to sort of to be in special care with her twin sisters and and then obviously a couple of weeks later Lyle died so you're so conscious that that how I behave will dictate how she behaves in terms of moving
0: forward yeah I think that's like a a really important part to raise isn't it is that they you know nobody knows how to deal with this like nobody you don't grow up ever prepared for your baby to die do you so it's not a discussion that you have it's not something that you think about you you know in your lifetime that if if you're lucky enough that your parents will die well, you're still here, you know. There's something around mm. that natural order. You hope that they'll be old, and you, you imagine that, that you'll have them all your life. And then you know they'll die. That's that's a growing up thing mm-hmm. you interpret. But at no point do you ever think your baby will die. But then at no point do you look at your wee family and think I might have to guide you through this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I might have to teach you this at such a young age that mm-hmm. it's not always old people that die, but actually babies die. What a, what an awful thing to have to endure, eh? Exactly. And I think
1: because um, because I was pregnant with twins and it's a sort of, I guess, more t- technically more of a high risk pregnancy. um, I always felt like the pregnancy element of it was the riskiest part and getting them here safe. And then I think so, you know, Cameron knew that mummy was going for extra scans and things like that because to keep the twins safe and to keep mummy safe. And but, you know, so I guess I had prepared her for that element of it. But you never, ever think in a month of Sundays that you're going to have to, you, that you would ever need to prepare your your five-year-old child that the fact that, you know, once the babies are here, the peds say they're fine, you get home, you start to live your life um, as a family of five, that you're then going to have to prepare them for the possibility that one day your baby sister might just not wake up. You you, you don't, you would never dream mm-hmm. of telling your never. your child that. so Never, I'm, I'm never. And sure. I think
0: that's part of the of the the complexity and heartbreak of the whole situation isn't it is that we often forget or maybe society often forgets that it's not just the parents it is a, a lifetime of change and a lifetime of grief and loss really and missing and yes life goes around mm. that loss and and we can move forward hopefully into a, a happy future with family but there's some somebody's always missing and that includes a brother or a sister for people isn't it you know it's sort of an underlooked mm-hmm. and often underspoken about um area um and I wonder then if I suppose you were saying about it was you felt like it was your job to sort of almost navigate that journey for Cameron and I don't know if you can even begin to tell us how you kind of did that or and how, maybe how she responded and how you managed through that yeah. So I guess, and I think a lot of
1: families who are listening to this will probably have the same feeling that, that when you lo- leave hospital without your your precious baby, um, however your baby's died, there's not a lot of help from the hospital, I guess, as to how you approach your grief. You kind of just leave and you maybe focus on the more practical elements of maybe organising a funeral and, and dealing with all the sort of administrative side of it. And I was really looking for some guidance from the meds or, you know, the medics or from anybody really who who would mm. say like, okay, now your baby's died. Here's how to try and like wade through the mud, you know, like, cause I don't know about you, but I felt like my legs were literally led and it was like i couldn't have even lifted my foot off the ground with my arms to get to the next step and so we're wading through treacle and then uh you know you've got this five-year-old who's just started school who's bombing about you know and and children are so they grieve so differently i think as well so um I guess for me I wanted some advice as to how I talk about it because um, I'm very open with the camera and always have been um, about life mm-hmm. and how how it works and how things are and if she asks a question I'll always try my best to answer it honestly and uh, appropriately um, and you know we've always had an open dialogue so I guess initially it was trying to answer all her questions honestly and, and try and also to protect her from what other people said um because I remember somebody and I don't know who it was had said oh um well you know she was too Lyle was too good for this earth so um you know she was she was taken away and and children you know obviously they have a magical way of bringing it back to them (laughs) so Cameron's response to that was well am I what about me then am I not a good girl if I um if i not, mm-hmm, if I'm still mm-hmm. alive, or Alba is Alba not a good girl, you know. Um, so it's trying to sort of, wow, navigate that and sort of say no, no, um, that's not the case. Lyle died because Lyle stopped breathing, you know. Lyle's body stopped working, so Lyle, Lyle died. Um, but she was yeah. as good as you, and you're as good as Lyle, and everyone in the house is is equal. Um. regardless of whether they're alive or not and it was really difficult to try and sort of because they always do bring it to themselves don't they you know Cameron bless her yeah yeah the children are I I don't know this is probably completely inappropriate to say but I always think children are just little narcissists um because they've not learned (laughs) patience or you know they've not learned these skills yet their brains aren't able to to sort of yeah, function yeah. on the level the that whole world's creating. them
0: isn't it ah yeah exactly most so. important people are them yeah, yeah of course of course but mm-hmm. you gosh you've raised a really interesting point haven't you around not it's not i just I hadn't thought of this before so much but it's not around just what language we use mm-hmm. it's external isn't it and yeah. like, so my my son was only just two when he died so i've feel it was slightly different and maybe as we continue to talk it will become you know those differences but um I do remember he once so we talk about heaven and you know he knows what heaven looks like and we were quite confident that we could try and explain what we felt heaven was and to try and explain to him this is when he was getting a bit older that you know well, we can make heaven whatever we want to be because nobody can challenge those thoughts and I exactly. remember he was really little but he came in the shower one day and he just said to me so So is is Theo is always, will he always be with Kevin? And I was like, Kevin? It's like like Kevin, heaven. And and I was like, oh, I came down the stairs to my husband saying, I think the whole time he thinks that Theo has actually been with someone called Kevin (laughs) because we've been talking about heaven. And it's like those moments, isn't it? That you go, Uh oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Your your interpretation is very different. And, And like you say, somebody saying something makes them think, of something totally different from what you intended it to uh, be um, yeah that's so, it Yeah, very um, interesting.
1: it's kind of trying to translate it isn't it into a language that they understand and I guess it's for me it was just when Cameron answer, asked a question I was just you know say to her I try to keep it factual because that's what she was interested in initially mm. I think it was like right so Leah went to bed and what happened and then you know we woke mm. up and what what happened and we we went through that um quite quite a lot. And then it was kind of I think then she had that kind of like, Oh, right, she's not coming back. You know, this is mm. this is pretty big. Um and they had a nice relationship, Cameron and Lyle, even though she was only here for sort of twenty two days, um I used to talk, um Lyle. So Lyle would say really funny things. I'd give her a voice and she'd sing a song and um Cameron would say like, Oh, we're not gonna hear um cameron at the time it sounds ridiculous actually was like really into making potions you know little girls like to make potions with bubbles and so she'd make potions in the bath um and um lyle was quite a demanding baby in comparison to alba um, and she screamed blue murder quite regularly um so like cameron would get quite annoyed at this um, so i'd talk lyle to make cameron like her um and lyle would always so I made up a song it was called Potion in My Pants so for whenever she did a poo Lyle would sing this song which sounds completely ridiculous and Cameron would sort of say oh we're never going to hear that song again um Lyle's never you know and it actually it was the realization really that you know her sister isn't coming back and she's so um, even now we still sing the Potion in Your Mm. Pants song um just to sort of bring Lyle back a wee bit um and you know like Lyle would say to her like Cameron, what's your favorite animal and Cameron would say, "I don't know a dog or something like that and and Lyle would say, "Well, mines is a pink unicorn, you know, just being totally wild and out there um and Cameron will oh. still say well, Lyle's first favorite animal was a unicorn and um so you know it's guiding them through all this oh, and, and it's hmm. funny, like but trying to behave normally for them um because she needed that normality, she needed mummy to to function normally and I say normal in like the you know the loosest sense you know be up be washed I would I made sure I, like mm. I put pencil in my eyebrows you know because initially at uh, the first couple of days after lil died came around and say mummy where, where did your eyebrows go you know and I'd be like oh god are they really that bad you know, <laughs> that, um, um so you know isn't it so the
0: funniest things to... because you're trying mm. to be mum to your daughter yeah and mm. and sometimes it's not The obvious things we think of as mum, it's like if the things that you traditionally do go, Mm -hmm. that can be more unsettling, isn't it? Isn't Mm -hmm. that strange that, yeah, you're there and present, but actually they don't want all the other bits to go either. And if all the other bits are every morning you'd make this for breakfast or Mm -hmm. every morning you sing a song or do a routine and you can't do that, then their world is like, whoa, what's happened? And your Mm -hmm. eyebrows change and they're like, that doesn't feel the same to me. No. And yes. you know, you wouldn't think it's important,
1: but so I made, I tried to my best. And you know, for example, like I usually, I usually do my hair. You know, my hair is really quite, um, it's it's a victim of the nineties, shall we say, um, and the poor straighteners, um, and things. So you know, I have to kind of style it now. Um, as are my eyebrows. Actually, I have to say, um, and <laughs> <laughs> and nineties. Um, you know, so, oh dear, overplucking. Anyway, um, so you know I, I had to sort of make sure my hair was straightened and I had sort of the makeup that I would normally wear on because I needed to look like mummy as well as be like mummy um and mm. that that was important to her and I'm sure it it's probably not an uncommon an, an uncommon thing um and and I, I guess it was probably especially when a child's actually. a bit older
0: I think yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they they know more of your routines, don't they? Yeah, when they're older. When they're really little, it's, it's a bit more chaotic in some respects, isn't it? When you've got a baby, yeah. another surviving sibling under two, for example, or three. Mm-hmm. But I think as they grow, they, they very much know, these are my routines. This is what normally happens. So I can hear that you had to, in the middle of such pain and loss and, and shock, have to try and still present as mummy to Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely it's really important to keep to keep things other things almost right for her eh? mm-hmm.
1: and you kind of don't want to look the same because you don't feel the same so for me I can't uh, why why would I pencil in my eyebrows I don't want to look like the person who I looked like two days ago whose baby was alive and you were happy and you 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 were happy your world wasn't smashed to smithereens so I guess like mm. you know why would I want to do that now because I don't feel like that so I feel like absolute rubbish so let's look Mm. like rubbish because why what does it matter Mm. you know um,
0: Mm.
1: and that's how I felt but I guess actually it was probably quite a good thing for me to like get up and get washed and to straighten my hair and to put my my makeup on to a certain extent because then it I, I guess it it forced you to face life again you know and normality mm. and made me kind of think right okay she needs a normal it won't be the same normal that we had before but it will be a normal and I need mm. to be that for her and and our dad too you know and poor Stephen you know I guess um, my, my partner um we um we obviously Lyle's death was unexpected so um the sheer trauma of that um, was quite debilitating for him for a couple of days and you know and how do you deal with that and I remember him you know sort of I guess sitting on the sofa just pretty pretty comatosed actually you know and and quite mm. rightly so because why wouldn't you sit on the sofa being completely shattered, like earth, absolutely like you're shattered your earth your life is shattered and um, you know and having said to him yeah we, we yeah. can't sit like this because we we need to for Cameron's getting freaked out, we need mm-hmm. to try and be a fun- function, and you know, and, and poor Stephen had to go. Yeah, you're right. Like, but he didn't, you know. And I think to myself, like, and that was an awful conversation for us to have to have. For me to say, like, come on, we we can't do that because Cameron yeah. can't have it, and that's a really hard thing to pick yourself yeah. up and go right. Yeah, we can't do that. And um, you know, I always feel really guilty about that for Stephen as well because I think did I sort of intrude on his way of grieving? you know um but you know we did it. But, I can you know, really he hear the pressures
0: completely. on you mm-hmm. yeah I can hear mm. you know there was there was somebody who was in that home there was a baby who you know, like you say you're probably less concerned around little Alba and how she was emotionally feeling even though oh. we don't know what she was actually emotionally feeling but I can yeah. see how having another child or children puts pressure and um, in some respects they can be helpful pressures can't they like I remember my son was he needed fed he needed milk yeah. mm-hmm. he would like you know toddle through in the morning in a little sleep suit and say milk at the side of my mm-hmm. bed and I'd open my eyes and just not want to be here because my mm-hmm. son had died but there was another person in front of me saying I need my needs need to be met too mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I, I remember when we when we first spoke Jamie we talked around some some things I I did with my children and ha- and have done when they were little was to read sort of books around mm-hmm. practical like about the body and I think we spoke about that I had a pop-up book and I guess yeah. I said to you that like we read about like the heart and and what all the bits of the body do because for me initially I had to like you, you touched on earlier I had to explain maybe what death was Mm-hmm. which is horrendous having to do that to a small child like you know whoever wants to sit and talk about that but it feels like maybe then for me it was easier because the emotion was away in some respects I was reading a you know a book it was yeah. pop up, so it felt a bit more fun and age appropriate and yeah. then I would then maybe touch on saying well when when your heart stops like it means that you you're not you can't live you can't live without a beating heart and and that felt like the only thing I could do at the time to try and explain any more around that yeah and I think it's something practical isn't it so like we books
1: are a big part of my family Cameron loves I love reading Cameron loves reading we have always done bedtime stories and like you said I guess death is such a huge concept isn't it it's like it's really really hard to 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 I don't know, like vocalise what it is, explain it. Um, you know, how do you how do you go about saying like what death is to a five year old or to a two year old? Um, so for me, I wanted to try and find a way to explain what had happened, and I guess for we didn't know what had happened either, and I'm sure that's quite common with um with with a lot of families um who are involved with held in their hearts that you just don't know the answers, and children want answers, particularly five year olds and that kind of age group that initial school age they want explanations and they're used to their parents being able to give them explanations so why does you know Cameron's particular why child you know why is this why is that why is it why why would this do this and you're trying to explain things but so why did Lyle die and and you have to say well I actually I don't know you know but what I can tell you is like you say that she stopped breathing and and you know you need your lungs to breathe and and you need your heart to be so that you can breathe and and it's going through that so i i find books really really helpful um and actually cameron Mm. um cameron's um no cameron's from my first marriage um and um when me and her dad separated i used books then to explain what had happened Um, you know why mummy and daddy weren't Mm. living in the same house and that type of thing so to me it was kind of like a natural progression to use books to explain to Lyle about Lyle and what had happened. Yeah
0: Mm. I totally remember that I was really having a good discussion around that and am I right in thinking that the school were also involved with books? So I
1: had the book that I used when Cameron's dad and I separated um, was The Invisible String um and it's all about how even when you're not with people your love you're still connected by love um so that Mm. um because what i was trying to do was really prepare her in case that she ever wanted to go and have sleepovers at her dad's house so it was that way where you know even though you're with daddy um daddy gordon you're still with your love is still with mummy and if you need me then you tug the whole thing is you tug on your invisible string and I feel it and then I tug back and you feel it in your heart so that's kind of what the book's about so when Lyle died I went that was the book I turned to to explain not so much to explain the, the sort of physiological reasons why Lyle had died but to yeah to help us with that connection to Lyle and um, and that really helped her so I had mentioned it to the school Cameron's uh, Cameron school are absolutely fantastic um you know they didn't really know us particularly well because Cameron was only in like two, week two of primary one um but they were absolutely fantastic and incredibly supportive um, and I'll be forever grateful to them for that and um I'd sort of explained to the school that I was using this book so so they then ordered copies of the book as well and um read it with Cameron and they actually did a whole primary one topic surrounding this book and the whole of primary one so it wasn't just Cameron they involved everybody and they all did their their sort of balloons to their invisible strings to who was important to them and who was in their family and and it was so she didn't feel like the only person because I think Cameron felt when Lyle died that she was the only person only sibling that that had ever happened to um and yes so a lot of my journey as well with Cameron was to we met some other bereaved mums and bereaved siblings um, round about her age who are local to us and you know Cameron was really glad to sort of meet another uh, girl whose sister had sadly died as well as a baby Um, and that really helped her but Mm. to do that topic with all of her classmate that she realized actually she's, that some people had grannies who died some people you know uh, she had friends who, whose mummy had really sadly passed away um so you know what she's like I'm not the only one and she knows how I feel and they understand because they've had a similar experience yeah. and that really helped her uh, I think
0: yeah well I mean what you've done is you know validated what she was feeling through her Mm -hmm. peers essentially and what an incredible school you know as a primary teacher before and I never shied away from difficult conversations and loved having you know that kind of emotional discussions in classrooms regardless of children's age because it's life isn't it life isn't Uh, always how we want it to go and I think we we have a duty as as educators to to hold those conversations and and to encourage the openness of others and how amazing that they could do that in primary one and and how special for everybody because everybody's touched by somebody whether like you say it's not always loss as in death but you know it might Mm -hmm. be a pet that they had or it might be somebody they don't see very much now because they moved away so loss comes in many different Mm shapes and forms for kids so the fact that they could do that in the class would not only help everybody feel connected but absolutely for little Cameron feeling that Okay, maybe, maybe I'm not on my own. Maybe my situation is very unique and mm-hmm. maybe nobody else can directly always understand this, but other people have lost people they love. And, 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 and you're encouraging, of course, to the book, it's about that connection. So that connection that, it, yes, it's physically the end of seeing that person, but it's not the end of love, is it? The, no, the love and the connection can continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, if you could talk a little bit about that, like since since that time, all the ways that you've maybe encouraged Cameron to connect with her sister, so whether it's at Christmas or anniversaries or, or just in general, like how she's spoken about and in in your lives. Yeah,
1: it's it's um, Lyle's. all, you know, I'm very conscious that I have well now four four children, and and even with the twins. I always wanted them to feel like they were their own person you know I was quite conscious of that as a twin mum that I didn't want them to be lumped together as a twins I wanted them to be Lyle and Alba and to have their like their own identities um so you know I, I felt quite strongly that that's how I wanted to approach it so I'm always really conscious mm-hmm. now that they're they're all kind of equal I guess I think equality in the truest sense is, is something that I feel quite strongly about for for my kids so I find it that I need it's a really hard balance to strike isn't it because I guess you want your children your existing children to 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 know about their their sibling who died and to feel that connection and the love for their sibling um but also not to be overshadowed by the sibling who's deceased um because I didn't want I don't want to focus everything on on Lyle and them feel that I perhaps maybe focus too much on Lyle and not about them, um. So it's finding that balance, isn't it, between? And you know that yourself. It's mm-hmm. like you know talking about the sibling and keeping the sibling's memory alive without overshadowing your surviving children. So we do quite a few different yeah. bits and yeah, pieces. The, sorry I'll let you, what were you I
0: was gonna just going to say I know if, um, when you when you put like a, a somebody that's died or um on a pedestal almost sometimes I've read mm-hmm. about that where it's like because they're untouchable and mm-hmm. so they're always spoken about and like you say it's like it, there's a fine balance isn't there of getting that right and there isn't a right and wrong way of doing that of course but no there's um, not no. yeah how how have you navigated that then so we have um we have
1: pictures of Lyle about the house, but I try and make sure that there's no more pictures of Lyle than there are of, um, of the girls and, and little Blair. Um, You know, I try and make it even and I don't have, I've tried to avoid having like a, a a display i guess for lyle specifically so you know all of our memory making bits and pieces are scattered around the house kind of in random places just like the kids toys and things you know um and bits and pieces like medals that cameron's had for ice skating or you know alba's bits and pieces are are, her coloring in from nursery and things and you know so i try and make sure that we we've kind of spread it about a bit um so that we don't have i guess i don't want to use this word but i, I sort of and there, and there's again there's nothing wrong with this if people do have that um but i don't did, i didn't personally want like a shrine to lyle you know um yeah but um mm, so i'm trying curious. to do that so that it because then again cameron i know because she's so she's so quick that she would say well where's my shelf then <laughs> you know like where's alba's shelf where's blair's shelf you know if lyle's got a shelf why don't i have one so um trying to kind of incorporate all of them all the time um and we Mm. have things for lyle for the christmas tree um but every year they all get one um so
0: is that a new thing each year that everybody gets yeah including everyone
1: gets a bobble including lyle um and that way they can't say oh well lyle's got more bubbles on the tree than me and you know and not that they would in a in a way that that is sort of selfish or intending to be hurtful, but that's again, like I said, that's just how we think, you know. Um like yesterday my dad got Cameron a bum bag Um she really wanted a bum bag. Um why I have absolutely no idea. It's the nineties.
0: <laughs> yep,
1: I know, <laughs> it's coming back. Um and dad dad gave Cameron this bum bag in Alba, she's just two now. Um and she was like, Alba bag, where's Alba bag? And my dad was like oh no like because he before she's never noticed you know but now she's like yeah. hey if she's getting a bag i need a bag <laughs> yeah. like, i mean
0: it all oh, makes sense doesn't it the uh-huh. same in grief it's like yeah, yeah. let's let's all be but, equal here yeah it's yeah. so interesting isn't it
1: so they're exactly the same with lyle you know so if she's getting something then i want one too um so I try and make sure everything's equal um, and and just to weave Lyle in because Alba obviously she's two now and um, I'll say to her you know you're, um, Alba was born at the same time as Lyle and Lyle's Alba's sister um, but Lyle's not here anymore um, and Alba sort of doesn't really say too much about it. Um, and that—that's quite a hard thing, because it's how do you introduce a, a child who was Alba has met but has no memory of or no real, probably obvious connection to. Mhm. Mhm.
0: So yes, because I've happened. had that. Because obviously Theo was in the middle, uh-huh. the same as you have had, where they died and they were connected to that living child, but also mm-hmm. that someone came after, and that after person had to know that there was somebody before them, but they're not here. Mm-hmm. And I I think from certainly watching Oscar's journey, it was around photographs and then like a birthday cake for Theo. And he doesn't know who we're singing happy birthday to initially. And he doesn't know why we're blown out like, four candles or five candles but eventually he catches up and Mm -hmm. and now he does talk about it and he's like so my brother would be and I think Mm -hmm. it's their own individual journeys but it's a different thing isn't it when they are born and they you have to wait until they're developmentally almost ready Uh um, to start to ask some questions where for Cameron she was asking questions right from the second that that happened Mm -hmm. in her life so it's a a totally different journey isn't it yeah so it's having that
1: I guess we've got three in our house because you've got like Cameron who was there and has memories of both Lyle and the night Mm -hmm. that Lyle died and then the the period after um and then we we've got Alba who was there but who survived where Lyle didn't and then you've got Blair who has never met Lyle and who you know is is going to have a sister who he has never met and you know he Mm. came after so we've got the three in our house and it's and I guess it'll time will tell as to how to to approach that, but like you say, it, it's having the photographs in the house so that she's just there, and that's, and it, I'm hoping, you know, and the best basically plans and all that, like, like you know, Lyle will just be somebody who they are aware of, and it, it's not like a shock to them because that the, the fact that Lyle was yeah. here now is not here is just fact for them. I'm hoping. Yeah, I don't know if that's maybe too simplistic of you.
0: I, well. Well, I think you want your children to live along with it as you mm-hmm. do. So you want to be able to to say their name. Like I you know, I could just say something say for example, if Theo would have started high school this year. Yeah. So in the house, I can just say to the children, Oh, do you know Theo would have started school today? And nobody goes, like or what? Or yeah. or hears Theo's name and thinks, Did you just mention Theo? It's like really natural, really normal uh-huh. sitting at the dinner table and they're like Gosh, like, and then and then Oscar might bring something else. Chat in, but Lucas, who's you know fourteen, almost fifteen, is going to think about that differently because he's you know he's moving into a young adult now, and mm-hmm. he absolutely knows that that is something else now. You can see that, like, um, it's a harder conversation to have now with him. It's interesting as he's older because mm-hmm. he he does really know what death means. Uh, where before it's mm-hmm. a simple like you say a simplistic way but I think you my experience is you journeying with them as they developmentally reach different milestones so developmentally all children will go through that whole like life death like animals dying people dying like what does that mean because all of a sudden their world's not about them and I think sometimes bereaved parents can feel mm-hmm. like they've done something wrong at that stage because they're like they're fixated on death they keep talking about the baby that died but I think it's a normal development too for, for all child, children. And then mm. as they get older, I think they move into a, a sort of real reality, don't they? But I think what you've just described is that if, if Lyle is around in your family and, and she is known and loved and remembered, then at any point in your life, at any point of that journey, When she's mentioned, everybody just goes with that chat because she Mm -hmm. is as spoken about as anybody else is. So I think that's what Mm -hmm. our, like you say, we'll never know what a good job we've done or not until our, until our children are adults probably. But, um, yeah, the the hope is like you've just, well, the conversation we've just had this morning, you know, that we are doing our best to, to make the conversation open. It's not hidden. It's not something not to be discussed Uh. in the old days. You know, there was like many people find death certificates of siblings Uh, and who who was this person my my mum or dad's died and I found a death certificate I used to hear that lot. but of course we've moved Mm -hmm. on from that now haven't we so that's it and I guess and I know that you've done
1: sorry you know I think my grandfather one of his siblings or two of his siblings I think had passed away um but we didn't really know how or why or what happened or who they were or what their name was or anything like that um because it just wasn't spoken about and I guess like many families in a street would have lost a baby you know eighteen, mm-hmm. ninety, a 100 years ago whereas now it's less common yeah. thankfully um but you know I would quite like it if perhaps you know when my grandchildren are you know I'm looking after my grandchildren that they will know who Lyle is and that she, you know it's not a case of like you know um of it just being Cameron, Alba and Blair I'd like Lyle to be known too um but you know whether that happens or not i guess is up to us and how we approach that Um, Mm. and like you say so it's not taboo it's not a difficult subject for them to raise or ask questions about
0: Mm. how wonderful to think that one day that's right that you have you know grandchildren and other extended family members and Lyle's name is mentioned just as equally as anybody else and and actually I you know I'm further on I'm 12 years but you can say that Theo with a smile like you know and you can be Eh. spoken about even have a bit of um you know a warm a warmth around it all where I know at the beginning Mm -hmm. that's very difficult to do it's like almost I remember it's like you're trying because you're 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 going this is doesn't feel easy at all but I want Mm -hmm. to remember this way and but it's still painful but as time moves on the pain lessens and so what you can do is remember in a warm way and how lovely to pass that love down um yeah because there's somebody always loved always like the love doesn't change and if anything no. I have to say I sometimes think that just grows and grows because yeah. because it gets easier to live with therefore uh-huh. it gets easier to speak about maybe and I mean yeah, um, I
1: think there's more space I know the you've
0: done I, yes yes true mm-hmm. um and I know you've done a, a lot of work around the the sibling books I wonder if you can tell yeah. us about that, because this is like a wonderful gift from Lyle, I guess. Um yeah. the project that you've developed.
1: I think um so like I said before, um we read a lot about um about bit bu- we used books as a tool to discuss things with Cameron and um we um I sort of set out to try and find more books in addition to the invisible string that would that would maybe help me explain what happened and and talk about it I guess in a way because initially when i when we spoke about Lyle, you know there was it was very hard to speak about it without me sort of just being in complete floods of tears, so to read a book to sit down and read a book um was a way to do it that was slightly detached from the emotional sort of chat I guess so like you know me not having to say you know go over it over Lyle's loss again and how she died and what happened and so it was using someone else's words which felt easier to do um mm. and I had that sense of slight detachment from the enormity of what had happened for me um you know so I set out trying to find some books and initially um kind of went to went online and tried to find some books but a lot of them were about the loss of older people and it was kind of like well they got old and then it was maybe a fox or a badger and I mean they were still really good but you know the the fox got really old so he went into the woods and he fell asleep and died and 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 Cameron would say well but no but Lyle wasn't really old so why did she die you know and it was like trying to find a way to do it that um that helped me explain it to her without me breaking down and floods of tears and to sort of feel really emotionally raw afterwards um because I just went I guess went through a period where I couldn't go there I couldn't engage with the enormity Mm -hmm. of the emotions so I had to just kind of shut it down almost um and focus on the the other bits um so I found Mm -hmm. some other books and they really helped us so I and then I sort of simultaneously felt like I really needed to do something I had all this quite a sort of angsty person (laughs) and Stephen would be yep absolutely you know I have a lot of um sort of energy anxious energy I always have done um and it kind of got worse after Lyle died I would say and I think because I felt like I was supposed to be looking after twins and the one difficult thing for me after Lyle died was how easy it was to leave the house because see trying to leave the house with baby twins and a five-year-old is is a real challenge shall we say so and then you know it when is. I was taking Cameron to school after Lyle died I used to just put up on a car seat and me and Cameron and Abba would go out and it was like easy so I had all this sort of energy floating about that I would have used looking after twins that I wanted mm. to to kind of get out so I started trying to fundraise and. um we we sort of initially we did it was actually the first baby loss awareness week because it was only about five or six weeks after Lyle died um we did the 15 for 15 um and had like a phenomenal response from friends and family and even people we didn't know um and I think we raised about six thousand pounds in a week it was incredible um wow. because <laughs> I know it was huge I was so touched by people's sort of kindness and um, we didn't announce that Lila died on social media I, I couldn't do anything you know I literally I didn't tell you know we told people who had to be told but I couldn't post anything about it so I think nobody really knew that she died um, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. when people seen the the post on our My Just Given page I think people were completely overwhelmed about what happened and um, and um so we raised a lot a lot of money and then just kept going really um and it made me feel better selfishly um
0: and how much have you raised roughly
1: altogether? I not entirely sure now but I think we may be talking about twenty-two, twenty-three thousand pounds
0: in the last few years <laughs> <That's just laughs> it's huge unbelievable <laughs> it's like, isn't it it's massive.
1: Yeah. so buy quite a lot of books I have to say <laughs> um so that was the first project wasn't it it's- really
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 we have some books now don't we and they're they're a gift essentially aren't they from from your daughter to others and from your family to others and from us and we have a a little card that you wrote isn't it Uh uh-huh so that goes inside. um, now to
1: families who would like them anybody who needs a book or, or a couple of books then um we we use some of the money that we've raised and we started a little fund called lyle's light um and that that Provides books for bereaved siblings of any age, um, in in any location who approach the charity. Um, we've got about five or six different books um, by a couple of different authors that explain quite a wide range of topics because held in our hearts, you know, it looks after so many families in in so many different circumstances that we didn't want it to be prescriptive. So. Um, a lot of a couple of the books are called the lost books, um, and they kind of cover all about your baby, um, your baby brother or sister dying, or your twin sister dying. Um, we have a specific book that's all about about your twin and how, you know, how you grow with your twin. But we also have a book that's called These Precious Little People by um an author called Frankie Bruner. And she she lost her first daughter her eldest daughter. She was still born. Um and that's all about babies, you know, and how they grow and then how sometimes um either while they're growing or after they're born they, they pass away. And it's a really good book to explain to children um, you know, how how the journey of pregnancy and 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 bringing a baby to life doesn't always go to plan. I guess is probably how I would describe mm-hmm. it. Um, and mm-hmm. so they, they they're gifted to families, and I've got a little card that goes in it just to to explain to people that like I get I get how you feel, and I get how you're in this quagmire of loss and grief, and how you know I hope that this might just you know it's not books aren't. You know, they're not gonna solve all your problems, but they might just make your journey that tiny bit easier, I guess. Because you know, some people may mm. think, well, what does a book do? But you know, it might just help that little bit. And it's not about solving or solving the world's problems, but it's just about making that tiny little bit of journey a little bit easier.
0: And the and the books are just I mean, such a special addition that we can and give to families. <clears throat> so we have many parents talk to us around that, like, you know, how am I meant to speak to my other children and it's been such a lovely gift for us to give on behalf of Lyle's Light Mm -hmm. and to package up some books and, and get the right ones for them or they might order them all and they're of course free because of your incredible fundraising efforts um and just lovely to be able to do that for families and we will be sharing that um today sharing the, um, the page that families can go on and order those and we'll get them yeah. posted out to them so you know it's an opportunity again for me just to to thank you for for i mean coming on today being so open it takes such courage to just talk so so openly, it's such a privilege for me to journey with you. But it's, it's you. you know just such a privilege. <laughs> oh, thank you for you to to have given so much back to the charity, and and in turn that then of course is to other families, which is where your passion lies. Is that you know that feeling and you've endured that loss, and mm-hmm. you want to help however you can, which is the same ethos and values as as we hold,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and. and and to wrap up today, um we ask all our guests um a question, the same question. And just wondering if you could tell us about something that you're grateful for today, Jamie.
1: Um, not just today, but always, I have to say it's my wee mum and dad. I'm very grateful to them. I don't know where I would be without them.
0: I'm so lucky to have them. Mm-hmm. That brings a that brings a real tear to my eye. I know yeah, it's, it's going to make me and cry. Dads are <laughs> I incredible, i so well. <laughs> okay. so well. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We we held ourselves together pretty good there. But uh yeah, I mean goodness, it just touches right. It's like the like right in the heart, doesn't it? It's a yeah. a, a blow because those yeah th- I know the love from your mum and dad and all they, they do for you so actually in turn you can help ourselves and the charity but oh like even this morning being on this call so <clears throat> yeah let's all be grateful for your mum and dad today yeah. <laughs> I hope that they listen to this Get and know that yeah I love yeah. they are by many yeah yeah absolutely thank you so much for for joining us today and sharing so much about your journey and and all the work you're doing for siblings i know many people will listen to this today and get a lot of comfort and also maybe go and look at our books on our website so thank you so much jamie
1: thanks so much for having me
0: Thanks again to Jamie for talking to us today and sharing her precious daughter Lyle with us. Telling us about her journey with her family since Lyle sadly died. What a true inspiration Jamie is raising so much money to help support other bereaved families. Lyle's light certainly shines bright. Please remember we're here to support you and we understand. Please visit www.heldinourhearts.org.uk or email info at uk. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.